Hello, everyone, and welcome to Boardcast News for July 30th. Is that how I usually start this show? I have no idea how you usually start this show. I don't either. Yeah, let me try again. Three, two, one. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on today's Boardcast News episode are my two co-hosts, Tiffany B. Hey, hey. And Dan. Ladies. Welcome, everyone. If you want to reach out to us, you can always find us on Facebook by searching for the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can find us on Twitter. You can shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com, or you can join the conversation over at the BGG Guild, number 2077. So for today's episode, like I said, this is Boardcast News for July 30th. We have some news stories and some Kickstarters to spotlight. So let's get right into it. Dan, take us to the news. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So jump right into it. There's probably about maybe 20 people that won't like this announcement, but the rest of the world probably will. And that is Fury of Dracula is getting a reprint from FFG. Now, I say 20 people because those 20 people are trying to gouge your eyes out by charging you upwards of like 100 to $300. Actually, I see it on Amazon right now, listed for $899. That's what I thought about when I saw this. I bet there are at least five people that just paid $320 for it that are so upset right now. There's a few people contemplating seppuku, but that's okay. Sorry, guys. Everything is getting reprinted these days. Don't bother with it. Yeah. It's it's the secret formula. It's like remaking a movie. This may not even be a news story, but when they announced the uh, War of the Ring painted reprint edition thing, even that got reprinted. Those people paid 1500 bucks for that. That got reprinted, and the second printing still hasn't even sold out of its pre-order, which I found to be kind of interesting, because they yeah. limited it to 2,000 copies, and they still have over 500 left. Yeah. People don't spend inordinate amounts of money on these crazy old games. They're going to get made if they're good. Yeah, that is wise wisdom from the 25-year-old Matt. I've got many (laughs) years behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, so this game is going to be out this year, actually, from what I read. So probably around Christmas time. For those that don't know, Fury of Dracula is a game in the same vein as Letters to Whitechapel and Spectre Ops. So it's a one-versus-many kind of hidden deduction game. One player takes on the role of Dracula while the other people i think it plays up to four other folks they take on the vampire hunters and you're basically just trying to hunt down dracula and there's there's fighting in this which is a little different than like a letters from Whitechapel, but has a similar feel to specter ops this one is supposed to be more of a i don't want to say i hate saying ameritrash because i'm trying not to say that anymore but i'm gonna say it's more of an ameritrash version (laughs) of it it it's definitely more combat focus you find dracula a lot more it's less sneaking around. Like if you if you get found, you're not immediately out of the game. You can fight off the hunters and run run away again. So there's like this constant struggle. Yeah, what Matt said. There's a struggle. <laughs> so 
if you're interested in this, it won't cost you a kidney on the black market. It'll probably be an, a typical like 60 bucks. They haven't announced any price details, but again, I think they said Q4 2015. So as always, Fantasy Flight sneaking in a little announcement around Gen Con to drive some hype. Who knows? They may even have a few at Gen Con. These guys are, these guys are nuts. They do but what they want. Either way, we'll be checking out the, I'm sure they'll have the sample copy there. So. Make sure it'll have lots of plastic of in it. Probably. It'll probably have a bunch of dials in it. I think they said they tweaked some rules and, and streamlined it a little bit because I know a lot of people that are fans of it even say it's a bit clunky. Um, so that will be interested. I, I'm interested to check it out. I'll always try a hidden movement game at least once until I decide I don't like it. <laughs> Inevitably. <laughs> That's his policy for all games. So, yeah, basically. So next up is nations so this is a game i actually recently purchased and returned because amazon beat the shit out of my box but this is a a civ building game that came out i think it was last year maybe the year before that i don't remember within the last year and a half or so it's very euro-y for a civ game it's been a long time since i played it um so i don't really remember it other than to say that it was really good and it wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to be and i found it to be enjoyable it is it's a card-based civ builder right where you're kind of building a tableau from a selection of cards in the middle that you can like draft and buy yeah Yep. Pretty much. And there's some neat little mechanics on the, the board where, like, if even if you're behind, it's not a huge struggle. Uh, but the guy in front gets rewarded for being in front of X players, that kind of thing. So uh, Nations has announced that there's going to be a new expansion called Dynasties. And this is going to be a larger expansion. It's going to add 12 new nations with dynasties to the base game. And these dynasties will have dual-sided boards for added difficulty. Um, there's also going to be two new kind of concepts slash mechanics added to it. One being what they're calling turmoil, which makes stability a little bit more dynamic in the game. And then natural wonders, which are going to create choices and new interactions, they're saying. So altogether, they're looking to increase the replayability, which for fans of nations, they may be excited about that. (laughs) For a game that takes so long to play, it seems like replayability. I don't know. If you, if you play it a lot, cool, awesome. But I'm not sure the majority of people playing Nations are at a point where the base game's lost a bit. But who knows? I don't know. There are people out there that play your games more than once, Dan. Yeah, who are these people? I don't, yeah, I don't hang out with Jerks. anyone like that. Every single one of them. Quietly would raise my hand. That's that. So Nations Dynasty, stay tuned for that. And then also Nations the Dice Game, which I have played and did not care for as much. Um, they're also working on an expansion to make the game harder and increase the variation, which for me, that's a hallelujah, because that game needed something. That game is fine. It it's, is a dice game, yeah, but and Dan so, doesn't like dice games, I'm, so he didn't like it. But you know, no, Dan does like light. Roll for the Galaxy more. He'd much rather play that. I do. I thought Roll for the Galaxy was a much better dice game than Nations, the dice game. Nations I'm the- glad that Nations has like helped you appreciate Roll a little bit better. That makes me happy. Yep. That's the best way to get Dan to like a game, is to give him a crappier game. I, I got it. I figured it yep, out now. We cracked the code. But yeah, so this one's still, I think, in the infancy of testing. So no no further details on that, except the designer did kind of tease it on one of the threads that they were working on something to add a little bit more oomph to the game. Awesome. 
So that's Nations and all that is Nations. So next up in the games people have spent too much money on in the past, we have uh, Martin Wallace's Princes of the Renaissance. And this has been announced to be reprinted from Mercury Games, and this will be coming at the end of 2015 as well. So Princes of the Renaissance first appeared back on Wallace's Warfrog Games back in, I think it was like 2003. And like many of those games, um, only had a single print run. So if you were trying to get a hold of this copy after the fact, the prices were astronomical on the, the geek store and eBay, etc. But again, fear not, Mercury to the rescue. Doo -doo -doo. You don't have to pay all that money anymore. So this game, for people who don't know, is it, it looks dry as hell. I'm not even gonna lie. The cover does not pull me in at all. The only reason Wait. I, what's up? It looks dry as hell, and that doesn't pull you in? I thought in? you love dry Solus Heroes, Dane. I do. Okay. Martin Wallace should be your homeboy. I'm just saying, the cover does not draw, the new cover does not draw me now in. Now I'm looking at the cover, and it does not draw me <laughs> in no, at all. It's pretty <laughs> ugly, in my opinion, but that doesn't mean it's a bad game, because I'm still going to try and play it. I was just going to say, back to the box cover, because I got distracted. I looked at the original box cover, and I'm like, this box cover is awesome. Except for it has nudity in it, and I think that's probably why they're changing it. <laughs> There's a fully exposed female uh, breast. What? On the front of this cover. Oh. My oh, no. How tastefully done is it? It's tastefully done. She's holding a glass of wine. Is it time period appropriate? Um, probably. Just pull up the cover it's here. It's probably a safer bet to not do that. It'd be even funnier if she was holding a glass of milk. <laughs> this is getting real weird. But isn't that cover, like, if you just cropped out the lady, isn't that cover, like, a much more compelling cover? Oh, we're talking Princes of the Renaissance? If you're interested in that, go check it out at the end of this year. Um, again, don't kick yourself too much if you just overpaid for it. Maybe you can find some sucker to take it in a trade or something. Hopefully you learned a valuable life lesson. You have a better cover. You, you have a better cover, maybe. Maybe. All right, so next up, Scoville. The game from TMG that came out last year on Kickstarters, one with all those sweet, sweet pepper meeples, uh, has announced a Kickstarter for their new expansion. And this is a small box expansion. It'll be in the same kind of box as like a Harbor or one of their other games of that size. And it's going to come to Kickstarter on August 11th for only nine or 10 days. I think it's only running through the 20th. Um, and in this, it's going to give each player a new little player board. So on this little player board, there's three by three grid. And you can plant your own peppers on this board, which no one else can use. I guess it's going to help you. It's called Labs. I should, probably should have said that. The expansion is called Labs. So given the context of the name and the board, I'm assuming that you're breeding your own peppers in the little 3 by 3 lab that you have. And you get to collect them at some point during the game in one of the phases. Not much has been said except that there will be more wooden peppers, which I know people will be excited about because the base game just doesn't have enough, even though there are a ton in it. It's going to have some new recipes as well as some more multiplier tokens so that you can multiply all those sweet, sweet peppers or hot, hot peppers, whatever ones you like. Stay tuned for that. Next up is probably the one that excites me most on our newscast, and that is an announcement from IDW that they're coming out with a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game called Shadows of the Past. And what makes this awesome and different from the stuff that WizKids is going to put out, probably half-assed, is that this is scenario-driven. It's a campaign game. So who doesn't want to play a campaign game as the Ninja Turtles? I thought Imperial Assault tickled me, 
this might tickle me even more because I am a huge Ninja Turtles fan, like maybe more so than Star Wars. They're both in the running. But so this is going to be um, be based off of IDW's TMNT comic, which is kind of cool because you could read the comics beforehand and get real amped for this game. But uh, two to five players are going to battle their way through a couple of 60 to 90 minute scenarios. And each player is going to develop their strengths, their fighting styles, their equipment. And it's just going to create this awesome Ninja Turtles story arc. So if you couldn't tell, I'm really freaking excited for this. <laughs> I think it's coming out in early 2016. It's IDW, so it won't be Kickstarter or anything like that. So hopefully they'll have something at Gen Con I can look at. Hopefully maybe BGG sometime between now and 2016. I can touch this. Are you guys excited? I know Sounds you guys like are. Sounds like it's already touching you. Oh, it's touching me all over right now. I'm so excited. You guys are Ninja Turtles fans. Does this not excite you? No. I mean, it's interesting. I am i haven't read the comic, so that worries me a little bit. Like, do I need to read the comic to enjoy it? It's good. Enjoy no, it? you don't. I think it's just the, the scenarios and the missions are going to be driven off of the comic. Yeah. Okay. For them, it's kind of cool because it's like built-in story content that they don't really have to start from scratch with. I've this read a cool. few of the comic. I think it's pretty good. So. This is cool for the nostalgia factor. Uh, I don't know if IDW has ever done a game like this. So I'm interested to see maybe how they execute it. Well, I, my confidence comes with Kevin Wilson being involved. Yeah. Because he's, yeah. Sure. he's um, done a lot of these kind of games. But maybe this will also speak to IDW using more of their, their comic properties. Which would be awesome. That would be interesting. They're already using yeah. Orphan Black as well yeah. as... Ninja Turtles. We'll see how they, they have to compete with uh, with WizKids, though, like you said. Yeah. The battle for Ninja Turtles is on. I think the cool thing is that they're all going to they're all gonna scratch a different itch. WizKids will hit the minis kind of thing. This one looks like it's going to hit the kind of story-driven Imperial Assault Descent fans, kind of. So, so to wrap up the news for this week, uh, I'm just going to touch on some iOS-based news or mobile gaming news, because I guess it's not all Apple, Apple, Apple. So first up is Steam. So Martin Wallace back in the news again. Uh, Mayfair is close to finishing Steam for iOS and Android. It's currently in beta. You're interested in doing some testing. The, the Steam version of Steam is available for testers to come in and try out. So I'll have a link in the show notes to where you can go to sign up if you're interested in it. But with it being in beta, I would suspect it's going to be out before the end of this year. So that's really cool. I like Steam a lot. I think it's a good game. Um, as far as train games go. So looking forward to that. The screens look good. Yeah, it looks really sharp, actually. Um, so next up, and this is one that will probably excite Matt, and it is Exodus Proxima Centauri. So NSKN is joined up with Offworld Games, and they've announced that Exodus Proxima Centauri is going to come for the PC, Mac, and iOS. They're going to be kickstarting it in the near future. I don't know how many Kickstarter games you've backed, but I'm still waiting on my copy of Core Worlds for iOS. So hopefully they've got their their stuff together for this one because it's that one's starting to annoy me. This is super exciting. I do. I'll, I'll piggyback off of that, though, that NSKN, all my experiences with them, they're a really good Kickstarter company. I've they, they deliver on time, if not early every time, whether or not you like their games is up to you but their handling of kickstarter has been really good so far they have a good track record heard the same so um that's cool and then they've also announced and this is coming in september 
that they're going to have a companion app for their board game. So I've not had a chance to play the board game. I know Matt owns it. I'm not sure how welcome a companion app would be, but typically those companion apps come and they are well received and are a huge aid to players. So in my experience, so that's that. And I will finish it off with the glorious news that seven wonders has entered open beta. And in my show notes, I have just the words. Yay. Cause that's basically my thoughts. That sums it up. I'm ecstatic to get this on my iPad and I can't wait. Sadly, the beta is only open for like non-English speaking people at the moment. The English beta filled up within like an hour of it being announced. Again, with it being in beta, hopefully this will be something that we can see in the near future. Maybe Essen, maybe Christmas. I don't know. Either way, it's going to be glorious. The screenshots for that look really good. Very cool. That is the short and sweet news for this week. Plenty more when we get back from Gen Con. But for now, let's jump into Kickstarter. So let's make that shift over to Kickstarter Spotlight. We've got a couple projects that we want to talk about in depth, and then we have a couple uh, quick mentions that we'll do. So the first game up is a game that I'm going to butcher the title of over and over again. Uh, this is Iki? Iki! So. Iki? You have to do it okay. like you're a samurai. No, you don't. I'm yeah, going to go with Iki. No, because this is a very tasteful game. So you need to be... This is it's classy, Dan. This is Iki, a game of Ido artisans. Um, it sounds way better. (laughs) It will be ending on August 11th. Um, It has funded. Goodbye, Japanese listeners. Hopefully this game will go into production and and be on your doorsteps if you back. Um, This is a game about mastering the art of trade on the streets of ancient Japan. So this is set in Edo, where a few other board games have been set. Um, But this is a medium weight Euro game where you are trying to become the annual Edoite, which is basically a person who embodies the spirit of Iki, which is to be refined and classy and an artisan. So through Euro style worker placement mechanics and kind of buying and trading and selling, you're going to navigate the board, score points, and hopefully become the annual Edoite. First off, this Kickstarter page is awesome because they focus specifically on the game, highlighting its kind of aesthetic strengths, but then also telling you how the game is played. In prepping for this this segment, I found a lot of Kickstarter projects that just don't tell me what your game is about and how to play it. This game has a great page that can kind of, I got a good feeling for whether or not I was going to like this game by the end of it. Um, So Definitely something that I'm interested in. Dan in the show notes had yes, please, with an exclamation point next to the, the project. I, I already I think backed it. it. It looks amazing. And it, it's Japanese, so you know I'm going to yeah. buy it. I think that the the gameplay sounds interesting where you are placing your artisans in this street. So the board is basically almost kind of looks like Kanban. Is that fair? Like it's got this one main corridor and then all these little offshoots sure. off of it. Yeah, I could see that. So you're you're placing your dudes at these different stations, different places to buy and sell crafts and goods, and then you will get cards and manipulate them in a way to score points, essentially. It looks very clean. It looks very, I don't know, it just looks 
cool. It looks slick. Uh, these aren't good descriptors, uh, but I think that the gameplay sounds interesting enough, and then the production quality is super high. So to get this game... It's like 50 bucks. Yeah. To get this game, is $49 with shipping. Uh, but <laughs> in particular... I'm so this, mad. Go ahead. I know what you're going to say. This game it's $13 has... $13 shipping. Oh, is it? Sorry. Yeah. I thought it said ships anywhere. It's 62 total. That's what I, I've pledged okay. for. So because I backed it, this yeah. game is forty nine dollars plus thirteen dollars shipping, so sixty two dollars total. Dan said, uh, Dan and Tiff have both backed this, so clearly a project of interest. Which means I don't know if I will back it, but it's way cool. The interesting thing about this project is there are two higher pledge levels, though, that are essentially two different deluxe versions of the game. Now, this game is all about kind of. Japanese aesthetic, class, becoming an artisan, and they give you two project options that kind of embody that spirit of Iki. So the first one is for $235, you can get the Kabuki Deluxe Edition, which comes in a handmade Makamono board with a wooden box that is super streamlined. Um, the board comes on a scroll, which is kind of That's awesome. So awesome. Very awesome. And it just, it adds an aesthetic touch that I think in particular Japanese-themed games have a command over. But then also just, wow, hey, craftsmanship, this is awesome. You know, this is one of those standout projects where if you've got money to spend, this is a, this is a shelf piece. On top of that, they're all gone, which is good because Tiff and Dan would be broke now. But for 330 bucks, you can replace your meeples with handmade Kokeshi dolls, which are those... They're, you would know them when you saw them. They're basically that traditional Japanese style doll. Um, and each one is individually hand painted and they're all different. They're beautiful. I'm so sad. (laughs) This, it's legitimately for that money. It's an art piece. It's, I'm not even that much of a collector, but this is like the fanciest thing I've ever seen in board gaming. It's, I think it's amazing. And I'm so sad because. I mean, my wallet's not sad because I would have backed this. Every time I've been to Japan, I've come back with some of those dolls. Um, I brought some back for my mom, for friends, for myself. And I love like Japanese decor and art. And this would have definitely just rolled out on like my coffee table or something. I would have loved this. Enough gushing about the aesthetic appeal. Iki is on Kickstarter. It looks like a legitimately interesting and very cool uh, Euro game. It's Go sold. Ahead. I was going to say it's sold out of its its first run at the Japanese game market. So, yeah. I mean, there's there's interest in it. I think it's going to actually be an awesome game on top of just them really styling it up and making it look cool with for extra money. But uh, definitely one to check out. So that is Iki, a game of Edo artisans. The second project that we want to talk a bunch about is called Fleet Wharfside, the exciting new fleet card game from the Fleeples. Matt uh, Riddle and Ben Pinchback are friends of the show, and they have the, should I say, spiritual successor? They basically have the next game in the fleet line, which is what happens when the ships get back to port What do they do with their catch? So this is a small box card game that will be ending on August 4th, and it is $11 with $4 shipping, which means that for $15 in the U.S., you are getting this small box card game. Essentially, it is a hand management game where you are trying to gather and complete contracts um, in kind of this ever-moving dynamic marketplace that the demand and the supply of different fish 
and seafood is constantly fluctuating and you're trying to kind of capitalize on the market being in the right position at the right time. So it's a very cool game. It's it's pretty simple, but definitely one to check out if you like the fleet world, if you like small card games and kind of set collection, contract completion, uh, super cheap, not a whole lot of reason to pass up on it. Fleet Wharfside, it's funded, definitely an awesome game and one that we can recommend. So we're going to go through a few quick mentions uh, before we wrap up the show. The first is that New Bedford is back up on Kickstarter. This is one that we previewed and mentioned many, many months ago. Um, It had some trouble and got canceled or discontinued, but it's back and it is funded. For $29 plus shipping, you can get uh, New Bedford on your doorstep from Dice Hate Me Games and Greater Than Games. Definitely one to check out. The new art looks awesome. Keyflower is back up. The This is essentially a Kickstarter pre-order system, but for $39 plus shipping, you can get Keyflower plus a bonus tile. If you're interested in any of the other Keyflower games, the different variations, they also have those up for sale for more or less, and they have package deals, so definitely some things to see. All right, and the last thing that we wanted to quickly mention is a project that will be ending on August 10th. Um, that is just about funded. This is Casual Game Insider Magazine, and they bill this as a news and review magazine for casual gamers created by casual gamers. So a pretty cool project if you're into kind of getting more board game media outside of you know forums and boards and things like that. This is a professional magazine publication, and they're entering their they're entering their fourth year. Um, so definitely something that has a demand and has been vetted in the past. You can actually see some of the old issues. If you go to the Kickstarter page, you can check some of them out to see if you'd be interested in this. They are available in you know major retails like Barnes & Noble and things like that. You can get it on Kindle Fire. It's a cool just extra piece of board game media if you're into reading reviews, checking out the news, um, but specifically on the casual game side. So if you're just starting out or you're in that lighter end of the the hobby, this might be something worth checking out. And we had a photograph in it, which is cool. Yeah, one of our Lanterns pictures actually made it in there, right? Yep. Very cool. Which is cool. So it's a, it's, an, it's a good magazine. Again, if you're on the casual side of things, it really just helps you keep pulse with some of the, the offerings that are coming out. It's it's a little less intense than like a Spielbox, for instance, but it's still yeah. a really good read. I read both. So Yeah. And 45 bucks can get you um, the 12 issues, the one-year subscription, essentially, at a discounted rate. Sounds like a decent price if you dig board game media magazines. Yep. And one thing just to mention before we cut Kickstarter off is New Bedford. Uh, we do have a preview up on the website. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. We really like it. Yeah. Uh, so that is the end of Kickstarter Spotlight. A couple of projects, a couple of quick mentions. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of the podcast of Nonsense Old Gamers. Oh. Actually, let me just cut myself off there from the editing room. Everybody, we have something very special planned, as you may or may not know, currently going on, is the Gen Con 2015 convention down in Indianapolis, Indiana. And our own Dan and Tiff are there enjoying the sights and sounds while I sit at home and make podcasts for you wonderful people. So, in the spirit of Gen Con and in the spirit of sitting at home... I took the opportunity to sit down with Miss Suzanne Sheldon, also known as 425 Suzanne on Twitter, and had a chat with her about GenCant, the unconvention that people like myself and herself uh, have the opportunity to partake in during Gen Con season. It's a lot of fun, and we are going to transition into that short interview right now. So it's only a few extra minutes tacked onto the show. Hopefully you enjoy it. And if it sounds cool to you, be sure to jump in on the GenCant hashtag on Twitter and all the fun 
of the Gen Con season. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, everyone who's listening, uh, I am officially here with Miss Suzanne Sheldon. Or should I throw your your name out there? I don't know if I should do that because you're an internet persona. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think my name's already out there, so yeah. you're, you're good to go. Also known as 425 Suzanne, am I correct? Correct. A famous, I'm going to say famous, media personality. I would say I am mildly known by some people in a niche market, in a niche hobby. <laughs> Well, that's exactly who this podcast appeals to. So if they don't know you, we've got problems, right? There you go. Uh, and what, uh, so what do you collaborate on? You're kind of all over the place, right? I, that's a good way of describing it. I am kind of all over the place. <laughs> I think that the place that people know me best from um, is that I'm a contributor to a couple of shows on the Dice Tower Network mm-hmm. on their YouTube channel. Yeah. So I started out. Uh, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, contributing to Board Game Breakfast, which airs on Mondays. And I do a little segment about board game apps, like device gaming. And then just recently, they started up a show called Board Game Blender, which airs every other Thursday. And I um, mostly do a segment for that show. Sometimes it gets a little busy. But yeah, um, (laughs) I think that's where people mostly know me from. Yeah. Our very own Tiffany B does a segment on Blender. So we are friends of the blend. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And Tiffany is delightful. She, she's, Isn't she? her, yeah, her segments are amazing, but then she just, she's kind of adorable. I kind of love her. <laughs> We're very happy to have her. She puts some class to the show because uh, my brother and I are a bit unruly at times, but mm-hmm. much needed. Class. She brings a, a much needed touch, yes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so back to to you and kind of why we're here today. So it is officially convention season we're in the heart of it and we are coming up on the biggest one of the year it's gen con it's gen con season and you happen to be one of the founders of something very close to gen con but slightly different can you tell us a bit about gen cant absolutely it's so funny it's it's so close and yet so very very far (laughs) (laughs) right uh gen cant is an online or virtual convention, essentially, that started up in 2014 as a complete lark. It was completely random how it started, but no matter how it started, it certainly seemed to hit a chord with the community, and it took off like a shot, and the response to it was wonderful and enthusiastic last year, and as soon as last year ended... I had people asking, you know, what are you going to do next year? Are you going to do it next year, et cetera? Of course, the answer was yes. And it was interesting to see. Like, I was wondering, like, is it going to die down? And um, the fact is, is it didn't. And there's more enthusiasm for it this year, which is really rewarding and exciting. Um, Yeah, so that's a little bit about Gen Can. I was going to ask about, you know, how are you feeling about the buzz going into next week? Uh, I'm excited. And terribly nervous now because I feel like last year I kind of felt like I could play the it's just random and we're just having some fun and it's no big deal and I had no notice and um, if it failed miserably oh well (laughs) but now this year I feel like pressure and there's like people who actually are asking about it and people are excited and if something gets messed up really badly I'm gonna feel so horrible so it's a little stressful (laughs) I'm sure it's gonna be great but it does feel a lot more official doesn't it? It yeah, it it does because I mean, considering last year was thrown together like a day before Gen Con. Yeah, yeah, kind of <laughs> as Gen Con was time. happening. 
Exactly. So uh, it's it's got a little more prep, a little more, a tiny bit more polish. Um, to be honest, just, uh, you know, I work full time outside of all this shenanigans, yeah. et cetera. It's just, and my work is like really ramping up. So I haven't been able to do quite as much stuff as mm-hmm. I wanted to. But next year, hopefully people will really enjoy this year because next year um, I'm looking forward to even more fun. You're with already Jim pitching 2016 and 2015 hasn't happened. Absolutely. You've got to plan forward. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a good sales model. Uh, <laughs> so I guess the concept of a convention or an unconvention that happens online, I, how, how does this work? What, what can I do if I'm a Gen Cant attendee? That is a wonderful question that I get asked quite frequently because it is a little bit confusing for sure. It's almost like we're making something up as we go. Hmm. <laughs> hint, so, hint. <laughs> uh, a virtual convention, really the intent behind Gen Cant is to give the board gaming community something to have fun with and be excited about the weekend of Gen Con when you can't attend that mammoth phenomenal convention. And certainly we don't want to put down Gen Con. I mean, the whole point is we wish we were there. Yeah, yeah. We just want to kind of sneak a little bit of the thrill of Gen Con um, to ourselves. So the idea is to be really community-based and very open and uh, keep it very kind of, I don't know, grassroots in a way. Mm-hmm. So uh, to attend Gen Cant, you simply have to not attend Gen Con. So you may be at Gen Cant and not even know it. Yeah. It's just like, surprise, hey, you're a Gen Cant, uh, which is a pretty broad definition. We are currently running a badge design contest on the oh, website cool. to kind of make it official. But of course, anything can serve as a badge that will be acceptable for admission that you may choose to <laughs> pin on your shirt or not even. Yeah. So really, for people who are curious, uh, being part of Gen Cant just means engaging with the activities and the community during that weekend. Yeah. There's a lot of dialogue on Twitter. We do have a board game geek guild that um, is slowly getting a little more traction. To be honest, it's an area I'm not as um, deep in, so mm-hmm. I haven't been focusing on as much. If somebody wants to volunteer and help stimulate that yeah. community, aces, I'd love to hear from you uh, to kind of open it away from Twitter and just mm-hmm. uh, take part there. Cool. Yeah, I was. I guess we can say that Gen Cant is the largest attended board gaming convention ever. If everyone Ooh. who doesn't go to Gen Con, I like the yeah. way you think, sir. That is, that's that's a tagline next year. Right. I think. Yeah, you better. You can quote me on that. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, and just kind of uh, speaking to what you just mentioned. So it's really just an opportunity to engage with the community at large, right? And and be a part of the fervor and the the excitement of Gen Con without having to spend the money to go there and sacrifice your work hours, right? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But uh so and last year I know there was there was a impromptu picture contest which I participated in and was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh there is all kinds of, you know, setting up virtual gaming things like that, um, all kinds of activities that if you reach out, you know, there's someone there to kind of reach back to you and, and there's someone to connect with. But there's actually, you have a few events or like schedule, you have you have planned things this year. Can you speak a little to those, you know? Definitely. There's, the photo contest last year was just a delight. It was I, so it was fantastic. Something. People were incredibly creative. People went way beyond yep. what I 
ever thought they would come up with. It was highly entertaining. Uh, and so we absolutely have to replicate that this year. So we will have a photo contest. There's a little information about it on the website, but there'll be more coming out next week as we get closer to the event. And um, similar to last year, it's just taking photos of your experiences at Gen Cant, whether it's you playing games or you waiting in line for lunch or whatever family-friendly <laughs> scenario you choose to take a picture of and yep. share. Uh a little, a little twist that we're going to do this year is that we're 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 going to provide some print at home props, so to speak. Oh, really? So if uh, if somebody chooses to take one of these printables and print it out and incorporate it into their photo, they're more than welcome to. It doesn't necessarily give them a leg up or anything like that, but it's just something to maybe um, add a little twist and a little extra spice to the photo contest this year. Very cool. Uh, there is a group of people that um, I'm not like directly associated with, but they were kind of inspired by Jen Cant and they're doing a solo con where they've created, yeah, they've created this whole series of solo game themed days for um, Jen Cant and they're running um, some contests around that and participatory contests, which are really cool and very creative. Uh, and then we're going to play very casually online uh, some games of Mysterium and Concept in the wonderful wide world of the internet together. So it, I'm hoping people will have fun with it. But really what I would expect to see is just a lot of chatter, mm -hmm. um, half of it, you know, teasing about Gen Cant and half of it, you know, trying to pick up on all the news from Gen Con and getting excited about all the new releases and all the news that's coming out of the big convention. So speaking of contests and things like that um the, you have a whole range of sponsors too you've got a big page full of fun stuff for people to uh possibly get it's been honestly i'm i don't know how to feel about the prize support that we've gotten i did a very casual audit of my prize tracker that i have you know this massive excel spreadsheet now and we have well over 150 individual prizes donated uh, by over 50 different donors. That's fantastic. And I mean, we're not talking, you know, oh, hey, I have this, you know, piece of junk game that I've, you know, played once and hated, and I'm just going to throw it at you. I mean, publishers have really stepped up, and we have a number of Gen Con release specials or Gen Con pre-release games that publishers are donating as prizes. We have some promos available. Mm -hmm. We have some of the best accessories out there that have been donated. Uh, Broken Token has donated a, a, a ton, an absolute, probably physically a ton of inserts <laughs> and even a set of their brand new metal coins. Wow. We have geek, these geeky board game t-shirt companies have donated coupons to buy, you know, a shirt of your choice. Um, the depth and breadth of the prizing is spectacular. And I also want to call out that not just publishers are donating. I mean, just members of the community that wanted to give back mm -hmm. and have fun at Gen Cant and kind of get it. And they're like, hey, you know what? I've got this game and I want to donate it. And um, I, I actually, those kinds of donations have a special place in my heart because I think that that really speaks to the spirit of um, the event. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is that it really emphasizes the community focus. I mean, it's not stuff is nice, but it's really, the, I mean, do I get so sappy as to say it's a thought that counts? Uh, it's it's just getting together and giving to each other yeah, and having yeah. fun together. I absolutely. Very it's cool. it's. I would definitely say it's the thought that counts in a big way. Yeah. Um. Well. So, kind of in a more global sense, if people want to 
get involved. You mentioned, you know, Twitter and the BGG. So what are some of the specifics um, of that? I I am leading you along towards a hashtag comment, possibly. <laughs> Noted. Well, absolutely on Twitter, anybody who's familiar with Twitter, and I'm very well aware that many board gamers are not, um, we use a hashtag and it's hashtag Jen Can't which is hopefully short and simple and easy to remember. And to participate in Jen Can't, basically, when you want to talk about it, just put the hashtag on anything you say on Twitter. And uh, there's a real easy way in Twitter that you can kind of set a little thing where you can search for just the hashtag so you can see all the conversation that's revolving around Jen Can't. Um, I have a Twitter account, which is at 425Suzanne that you mentioned earlier in the Mm -hmm. show. Uh, There's also at Jen Can't on Twitter that you can follow if you choose to as well that will and and that will like primarily be used to post news or retweet some of the you know more entertaining um Jen Cant posts that we pick up on okay uh so that's a great way and really probably the most interactive way to be involved Mm -hmm. but of course like I mentioned on the Board Game Geek Guild, uh, feel free. There's some posts up there already and I highly encourage and welcome people to engage in the conversation there as well. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I mean, anything else that you want to plug about Gen Con or Gen Con, Gen Can't specifically, you know, things that you would like people to do, things that you want them to keep an eye out for? I would really just like people to give it a try Mm -hmm. and I would like people to have fun with it. And I would also like people to provide me feedback if they have new ideas or if they have complaints even. I want to hear those because uh, my sense from the community is that this is something fun that people enjoy. Mm -hmm. And as such, I want to help facilitate making it better year over year. So the only way I can do that is if I find out what works and what doesn't work from the community. The only other thing I'd like to point out, and because I've had some questions of it, so since you're giving me the opportunity, sure. um, Gen Cant is a global event. So no matter where you are in the world, if you're a board gamer who's excited about board games that weekend, you are welcome to participate. And we do have, not all of the prizes are available worldwide, but we do have well over a third mm-hmm. of my prizes are available worldwide. And I have a little system worked out where... Um, Anybody around the globe uh, has a chance in our raffle to win a prize. And so beyond the photo contest, uh, on GenCant.com next week, there will be a raffle post. And there's just going to be a little form that you have to fill out with your name and your email address and your country so I can find you if you win. And all you have to do is fill that out, and you're going to be entered to win one of these amazing prizes that we have. So I definitely want people to do that. Excellent. International community building. I approve. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah. If there's anything else that you want to say, you have the floor. But if not, we'll go ahead and wrap up this quick little interview about Gen Camp. What do you think? That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And everyone who's listening, be sure to check out Gen Camp. Participate if you're not going to Gen Con. If you are going to Gen Con, be sure to tag us and everything so that we can participate (laughs) in all the fervor. Um, So thank you so much, Suzanne. Thank you. A big thanks to Suzanne for joining us. Be sure to check her out on Twitter at 425Suzanne or on her various Dice Tower segments. If you want to chat with us about Gen Con or Gen Can't, be sure to follow us on Twitter at League Nonsense, at Inept Gamer, and at Cinnamon Buns spelled phonetically.